Well, good morning, everyone. If you're here visiting with us, I want to give you a special welcome. Our uh, lead pastor is on sabbatical, but who needs him, right, Kevin? <laughs> uh, I'm mostly kidding. <laughs> and uh, Tim is, as you know, they're back from out west, and I said to Tim, saw him this past week, we didn't, do, we didn't talk shop at all. And I said, good luck now. Now's the hard part. Now you're back in the community, but you're still off. And uh, <clears throat> so continue to be praying for Tim and for Jen, the kids, but that Tim would just really be refreshed and, and uh, for his time away. Um, we're in the book of Colossians and going through uh, a series called All In. And um, Kevin, and uh, my name is Chuck Holt, by the way. I'm the executive director of the Factory Ministries. I'm also a member in good standing here, <laughs> I hope. And uh, yeah, yeah, some of the elders are like, yeah, man. And also Derek Slayball, uh, we've been kind of tag team on this. We are either halfway or just a little more than halfway through this series. And uh, hopefully that it's been something that, that's been a enjoyment for you. I will tell you <clears throat> that a couple weeks ago in preparation for this morning, I emailed Kevin. And I tried to give him the rationale as to why I wanted more verses than just what he gave me. And, you know, it just, and so I said, this is why I need a couple verses before, a couple verses after, because the section you gave me really is just setting the groundwork for more to come, and it's kind of hard to preach a sermon on that. And I laid it out, I thought, pretty eloquently. His response was, no. <laughs> and he gave his rationale, and then he said, does this make sense? And you notice I never answered you. I thought, well, does it matter if it makes sense, because you're the boss, and you said no, so we'll, we'll, we'll go with what we have today. But uh, anyway, I've enjoyed actually preparing for this, uh, not that I didn't enjoy the others. Oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you that this morning so far, that was so much more than preliminaries, wasn't it? I, uh, and if you know what I mean, just listen to my sermon two weeks ago, and they just really enjoyed this, uh, <clears throat> the worship this morning with the children. Um, and by the way, it's been a great week. There's uh, the Kevin Plow thing, as many of you were preparing for that, and we had just under 40 um, pastors and ministry leaders here. And Kevin Plow from the Luis Plow Association share with us what, what God's people are doing in the city of Portland, Oregon to, to come together with county officials, school district officials, um, many, many people to make a difference in Portland. And it's spread so much. They now have moved to New York City, moved on to New York City, and the, and the city itself, New York City, the church, they're coming together and saying, how do we be the light in a dark world and just seeing God do amazing things and as you know, Kevin had heard about the Together Initiative and uh, was coming through, so met with us, and we shared what we were doing, he shared what he was doing, and we're really looking forward to what we have to learn from, from Kevin and from um, all that they have done in Portland and then now in New York City. We are going out there, some of us, in the second week of September to kind of meet with all the leaders in Portland, Oregon, and just to hear what, um, what they're doing and kind of learn some more. So just continue being... And, uh, and prayer for not only togetherness, but together churches that we can mobilize to really to bless our community and represent Jesus Christ and share that love of Jesus Christ to our community. Also, summer enrichment camp has been going well. There still are two more weeks. I will let you know that we need craft and, and, uh, and game helpers this week. And I know that you might feel sometimes that, boy, you know, it seems like you're always tough us in our church, like we have to be the ones that get out there and do that, and, and the answer is yes, you do, <clears throat> because that's where I am, and I'm not in any other church this morning, I'd be saying the same thing, but we really could use your help. There was a day next week, if I'd be honest with you, 
subtract the factory staff, subtract school people. There were two volunteers there, and it was, it was difficult to do. We had to modify the whole program. So we could use your help this week in, in crafts and games, and then next week we could really use your help in all three areas, lesson, crafts, and games. If you could give 45 minutes of your time, we'd love to have you. Just go online, togetherinitiative.com, or see Becca sitting right here, um, Becca Holt, and she can uh, sign you up, or you can see me, or Facebook us, or whatever means you want to get in touch with us. So <clears throat> um, we'd love to have you involved in a summer enrichment camp. Um, just one more of my preliminaries is I asked you to pray for my daughter Judy two weeks ago, and, and she uh, did not need the feeding tube, and they had changed some medication that was, was helping her to be able to get her appetite back and, and not have the pain inside. And she's gained, I think, almost about five pounds in the last two weeks, which has been amazing. It was just uh, nothing short of a miracle. We were prepped for surgery. She had the IV in. We were all ready to go. And a doctor came in and asked this question. He said, so has anything changed in the last few days? And I said, well, yeah, the medicine you gave, she started eating. And so they decided to postpone it. And she's doing uh, much, much better. So thank you for so many of you that are praying. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for a time that we can have here together to uh, <clears throat> fellowship with one another, to sing together, to look at your word. Thank you, God, because I know you are here in our midst and that your spirit is working in each one of our lives and our hearts. And whatever has happened through the last week, whatever will happen this coming week, I thank you that we can come together and be reminded of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in this series, <clears throat> All In, and up till now, we've been trying to motivate you pretty much that Jesus is worth being all in about. And starting next week, we're going to be talking about, okay, so if you're, if you're all in, and the passage talks about if you're uh, alive in Christ, then here's what it should look like. But right between that is, is where we're going to find ourselves this morning. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Colossians, and we're going to be looking at chapter 2, verses 16 to 23. So my dad, as many of you know, he passed away about three years ago uh, of cancer, and he was a math teacher for, I don't know, 40-plus years, and I had the privilege and the detriment of having him as my math teacher. You know, and if any of you ever had your parents as your teachers, there's no mercy, right? And my dad taught me a lot of things about life. Some of them are, are I've had to kind of think, yeah, maybe that's not the best advice, and I've had to rethink it through, and uh, some of that's been just it's huge. And one of the best things he'd ever taught me was a mathematical equation. And it goes like this, and I don't know if anyone's ever learned it, but I use this, I bet you, every week of my life. My dad taught me that blank is blank percent of blank. Now, you students, you got to be writing this stuff down. I mean, this is good stuff. This is the best thing you will hear all week long. And I'll tell you why in a second. Blank is blank percent of blank. And then whatever variable you don't know, you can solve it by using this equation. So, 40 is what percent of 120? This is an easy example. Well, what you do is, okay, so 40 is, as you know, this little lesson here, is the same as equals, right, in mathematical terms. 40 equals what percent, we don't know, so that becomes our x, of 120. And of means multiply in mathematics. So then you take and you say, okay, so what I have to do is if I'm multiplying 120, I have to go to the other side of the equation, because you remember you gotta get x by itself? So now I have to divide, so x percent equals 40 over 120, x percent equals 0.33333, therefore x is 33%. So this equation tells me that 40 is 33% of 120. 
And you can do this whatever variable I have. So you could say 40 is 33% of what number? Or what number is 33% of 120? And you can do this, and I tell you, I use this all the time. I don't need my iPhone calculator because I have this equation that etched in my memory that whenever I'm faced with a question that this, this equation answers, I'm all set. <clears throat> because truly, blank equals blank percent of blank. And you can, you can solve so many things with this. Students, you're disappointing me, and nobody's writing this down. <laughs> Get out your phones. It's okay. Don't go into Pokemon right now. Just, <laughs> just write this down, because it's going to serve you well. Blank is blank percent of blank. <clears throat> what I'd like to do this morning is to teach you another equation that if you have this equation etched in your mind, it is going to help you in every area of your life. And that is this equation. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. And you can count on that all the time. Just like that mathematical equation, it doesn't change. It will always work. This equation will always work. You take Jesus and you add anything to that, and it's going to equal nothing. And that's where we find ourselves in this passage. We want to talk about it. This passage, I said, sits right in the middle of a great truth, the idea that you received all the fullness of Christ and you've been made alive in him. Christ is the exact representation of God the Father, and because we are in Christ, we received all the fullness, and he has forgiven us. You read all the stuff Kevin talked about last week. He's forgiven us of our sins. He's taken all the legal code. He nailed it to the cross, and we are made alive in Christ. And if you're reading this, if you're the church in Colossae, you get to this point, you're like, yeah, this sounds great. Sign me up. And I hope that we've done an adequate job convincing you that Jesus truly is worth being all in about. And that, that up till now, you're like, okay, I, I want to be all in. <clears throat> and then you get to chapter 3, verse 1, and you, see, you start to begin a great application passage, practical truths about living this all-in Christian life. Since you've been made alive in Christ, live this way, don't live that way, be like this, don't be like this. But before he gets to that practical stuff, Paul says, okay, I have to address three issues that, that, are, that are plaguing the church of Colossae, and that's where we find ourselves right now. And it has to do with this equation, is that Jesus plus anything equals nothing, because what was happening in the church of Colossae is the same thing that happens in our churches today. We take Jesus, and then we add something, and then we think that we're going to get something even greater than just Jesus. And so the first thing that Paul talks about, by the way, I, I came to a, uh, there's two things that never work well when I preach. It's the sound, although that's doing great today, and my glasses. So I, I, got, I had a realistic moment. You know what I did? I printed out my notes in a higher font. <laughs> you know it's bad when all of a sudden you're like, 16 font doesn't look that big anymore. <laughs> You know, but unfortunately, I haven't gotten the large edition, you know, Bible yet, so we're still going to need the glasses for the Bible. But in chapter 16, we see the first thing that Jesus addressed, and that is this. Jesus plus rules equals nothing. Verse 16, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Most of the believers in the church of Colossae would have been Gentile, or Gentiles, Gentile um, Christians, but there would, have been, there would have been a number of Jews there as well. And so the Gentile believers who have never had followed the Jewish law were getting saved, and all of a sudden the Jewish people in the congregation were saying, hold on a second, hold on a second, 
you're not, you're, you're eating that? Wait, wait, you're drinking that? Of course, the Old Testament had laws about eating certain things and drinking certain things. Hold on, you're not celebrating the new moon, the first of the month, there was always a celebration. You're not doing that? Or the religious festivals? Wait, you're not, your family's not going to that one? You know, kind of like Wednesday night prayer meeting? What? Sorry, did I just, you're not going to Wednesday night prayer meeting? What's wrong with you? And, uh, or the Sabbath day? Wait, you, I mean, I thought about reading this, but I think you've heard them before. If not, go Google them. All the extra things that the Pharisees added to the, to the Sabbath day. Things that you couldn't do because it was work, but things that you could do because it was work if you did it for this particular reason, but for this reason now it's work and you can't do it. You couldn't let your washing machine, oh, your washing machine, <laughs> you couldn't let your refrigerator work, so you had to do, even today, and so you have to do certain things the night before to make sure that it's not working too hard, and, and, and it's just all these different rules, and the Jews were saying to the Gentiles, wait a second, I know you have Jesus, but you can't not do these rules. You have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to do that, and they were sitting on judgment over the Gentiles saying, you know, you call yourself Christians, but I saw you on Sunday morning, that's what we celebrate, Saturday, I was at that religious festival and I did not see your car in the parking lot. Or I, you know, when that plate went by, I didn't see you put anything inside it. And they started to judge them. And so Paul says to them, don't let anybody judge you based on these things. Why? He says, because they are a shadow of things that were to come. They're just a shadow. They're not the real thing. They're the shadow of things that have come. And by the way, the thing has come. It's Jesus. And Jesus, we already know, took the written code and nailed it to the cross. He didn't come to abolish the law, scriptures say, but he came to fulfill it. And so when you have Jesus, you don't have to have all these other things. But the Jewish, many of the Jewish people in this city, as well as in others, because Paul talks about this often in his letters, he says that, that Jesus plus rules... Or Jesus plus the Jewish law is going to equal nothing. And don't let anybody tell you that you have to follow the Jewish law in order for you to be in right standing with God. And we do that today, right? I mean, not a lot's changed. We have rules. In fact, I, I would like to do this. I don't hear well, so you're going to have to speak very loudly. So what are some rules that we've added to Jesus today in our local church? Churches. So maybe not us. It's the church down the road. What are some rules that we add? Somebody want to yell one out? Dress code. Jesus plus a certain dress code means, yeah. What else? The music. Yeah. Daily devotions. What else? Church involvement, summer enrichment camp involvement. That will get you extra status with God. I promise you. Uh, if you're listening, you know, by way of the uh, podcast, that was a joke. <laughs> what else? A couple more. How much time you spend in prayer? Are any of these things wrong? Are there things that we should be pursuing, right, as part of our Christian walk? Yes. But when we make them a condition for God accepting us more, you know, when we say, there's nothing wrong with rules, but when we say Jesus plus rules equals so much more, that's when we're getting in trouble. 
And we do that. You know, I got to tell you, there were times in my life, because of my legalistic days, that I was so guilty of this one. Of all the three I'm going to share, this one by far is the one that I was the most guilty of. In fact, I'm going to confess with you now, and, and uh, I have to think through that all this stuff's going to go down in a podcast, and then people all over the world are going to be able to listen to this forever. I said something two years ago, I'm like, ooh, people are going to be able to listen to this. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I was so legalistic at one point that I joined a subscription that would tell me every time there were certain swear words in a movie or certain scenes. Now, is that wrong? You're like, I don't know. No, it's not wrong. Right? It'd be wise. I think it's kind of wise to know what's in a movie before you go see it. Because my logic was, by the time you've seen it, well, then it's too late. But because I was following Jesus plus rules, here's what I did. Now, that wasn't wrong, but here's what I did. So I'm talking to Vernon. Not Vernon. He's just an example. And I'm talking to Vernon. He says, hey, um, so just the other day I saw blah, blah, blah. I would go home and look it up. I'd be like, oh, my word, it says this word 37 times. And I thought Vernon was a real strong believer. That's bad, isn't it? I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And I began to measure other people's spirituality by the movies that they watched. And certainly, I was more spiritual because I would never watch those movies. Now, that's pretty bad. But I would say Jesus plus this subscription to what's in movies and follow it equals a greater standing in God's eyes. So the rule itself wasn't wrong of saying, hey, I'm going to filter everything I do through this. But projecting that onto Vernon as if he wasn't as good of a believer as I was, that's where it got me in trouble. Not that I, didn't, not that I did that with him. I didn't even know him back then. So Vernon, the movie was fine. I'm just kidding. I just got to get myself in trouble. And, and, and I just want to communicate that, that Paul was not saying that, you know, some of these Jewish law practices were not good. What he was saying is that if it's Jesus and that, that you have to have that too in order to really attain right standing in God's eyes, then it's wrong. Because Jesus plus rules equals nothing. The second one that he addresses is this, Jesus plus experiences. Let's, let's read together verse 18. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God caused it to grow. So he says this. You see, there were also people that were saying, hey, it's not, it's not just Jesus and the Jewish law, but, I mean, you got to have some kind of extra special experience. And we know from this book, a couple times, it referenced angels, so we know that there were people that were saying, hey, you need to also worship angels. And, and all through history, by the way, the, the Christians have added on Jesus plus experiences. If you experience this, or we say this way, well, you haven't experienced that yet? Ooh, well, you're just a, you know, some people actually call it different degrees. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but different degrees of salvation. When you start experiencing this, wow, then you're, I mean, you're in. And, and Paul wanted to make sure that the Jewish, uh, the, sorry, the Gentile believers were not believing that, hey, Jesus plus Jewish law, but also Jesus plus all these other experiences. In fact, here's what he has to say about them. It's not me, this is Paul. He says, do not let this disqualify you. Because these kind of people, I love his descriptive. Um, he says, such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, 
and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. Paul is saying, be careful of this kind of guy. You know, it's all about him or her. It's all about them, and they make all these things up in, in their mind, and, and they tell you that if you don't experience these or you don't have those, then you're not, you're not getting the full dose of Jesus that you could give. And we have done that as, as church, you know, all through history. I just heard recently, I don't know if you ever heard, you ever hear of grave suckers? It's a church in California that started this. Here's what they do. They go to grave sites of people who were very righteous people, whoever that is, right? You know, the very righteous people, and they go and they lay on their grave. I almost showed you a video, but I knew there was no junior church today. <laughs> I almost showed you a video, but, but they lay over top of the grave, and then they, they suck the Holy Spirit out of that body and to themselves because God wasn't done with that person yet. And so there's still spirit left in them. You know where to get it from? You know the story, you know, Elisha, you know, the bones, it was Elijah's bones, and they dug them up, and they laid them on a person, and they, that's where they get it from. And so there are people that are going around, and they're traveling around the world to great theologians of the past, and they are like laying on the graveside and just praying, and just that, that the spirit, whatever's left in that spirit would be taken out from that because it's useless now the person's dead, and that they would have it. Jesus plus experiences equals everything. And I watched this video clip. It almost made me angry, but, it all, but then it made me laugh, you know, because they're just basically saying, hey, if you haven't experienced this, you, you are missing out. And, I'm, of course, I'm preparing for this message. Jesus plus experiences equals everything. Now, equals nothing. Not too many years ago, I, uh, I wasn't going to be this bold, and I won't tell you the church, but Based on the rest of the study, I thought, I'm going to be bold. I was visiting a church in our county that a lot of my young staff at the youth center were going. They were uh, mesmerized by it, and I thought, I should go visit it. I got to tell you, what I saw disgusted me. Because somebody got up in the service, and they said they had a dream. They had a dream that everybody in the church was about to give birth. The men, the women, the children, they were all about to give birth. And they wanted to know what the dream meant. And the pastor said... That dream means that God wants us all to give birth to the Holy Spirit this morning. And he encouraged everybody to moan as if they were in childbirth. I don't even know what that, I don't even been in childbirth, so how do I know? But he wanted everybody to moan as if they were in childbirth so that the Spirit could be born in that service. And hundreds of people are all like, you know, I'm like, am I the only one that's angry right now? And I just, I could not believe it. Right here in good old Lancaster County. And in fact, when I dialogue with my staff about it, they're like, well, you know, that just doesn't always do stuff like that. I don't care if he does it once. Because Jesus plus experiences equals nothing. Paul was addressing it back in Colossae, and we still have to address it today. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, I want to share this verse with you. It says, uh, Peter's talking, says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. You know what's going to give us the power to be able to live the Christian life? It's our knowledge of Jesus Christ and the power that we have because of who He is and what He has done, not all these other experiences. And so many Christians have thought, oh, I guess I'm subpar. I guess I'm substandard because all I have is Jesus. I didn't get these other experiences. 
I mean, Paul and Peter and all through the scriptures encourages us to, to watch and be careful. And if anyone ever gives you a gospel other than that of Jesus Christ, actually, you know what Paul says? Then God curse them. That's how serious Paul is about it. So the first one is Jesus plus the law equals nothing. The second one is Jesus plus experiences equal nothing. And then the third one is Jesus plus self-denial equals nothing. Verse 20. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teaching. There it is again. This isn't from God. It's based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body. They lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Asceticism is what you call it. The idea that the self-denial, that I'm going to punish myself or stay away from all of these things because if I do then God's going to be even more proud of me. Then I'm going to have even extra standing in God's eyes. In theory, aestheticism is supposed to remove worldly obstacles between the believer and God, doing away with greed, ambition, pride, pleasurable food. They were originally intended to help us subdue the human nature and develop the sinful nature. So it was, I'm I'm going to say no to these things because it's going to allow me to focus on Jesus. So there's nothing wrong with that. But, of course, what we've done, like we do everything else, is now what we've done is we've said these things are not just good to let go of because I can focus on Jesus, but because I'm letting go of these things, I have an extra favor with Jesus. We do that all across our country today. We do it across our county where we do self-denial as a way of helping us achieve a better relationship with God. But Paul says, Jesus plus self-denial equals nothing. We don't do it today for spiritual discipline, but we do it for a closer level of acceptance by God. So Paul addressed these three areas of the gospel. He needed them to know that, that, how to be all in with Jesus. And that's what he's about to do next. And Kevin will come up, and you know, he'll come to bat, and he'll get us on second, third base, and then I'll give us the home run. Just kidding. But, but he's going to do verses 1 to 4, and then I'm going to come back and do verses 5 to whatever. Way too many verses. I'm just I'm totally kidding. And, uh, but that whole chapter 3 is, is since you're alive in Christ, okay, get ready. Here's how you should live. But first, before Paul does, he has to address three things, because if you don't get these three things right, then you can't live as if you're alive in Christ. And it's be careful that you don't have Jesus plus rules, be careful that you don't have Jesus plus experiences, and be careful that you don't have Jesus plus self-denial. John MacArthur, in speaking of this passage, says this, these false teachers gave the number one big satanic lie of the ages. Christ is not enough. It's got to be Christ plus works. That's the big lie. Every false system in the world says you get saved by works. Christianity is the only system of religion in the entire world that is purely a system of grace. So anything that we hear or that we do that takes it away from grace alone and requires some kind of works in order to be right with God is false. And Paul stopped what he was saying, 
I guess. I mean, I wasn't there when he was writing it. But he stopped what he was saying and said, okay, before we go on and talk about what it means to live all in for Christ, we got to address three things. And I find it interesting that those three things didn't just exist in Colossae. I mean, you can read a lot of Paul's epistles, especially Galatians and Corinthians. They were there. But all these years later, they're still here. It's so easy. It is one of the lies of the enemy. It's so easy for us to say, I'm all in. I'm all in to Jesus. But I want this. Kind of reminds me when I was in college, um, back in the day, you had to, we had to share our faith with somebody every week. And when you came back to school, you had to sign that you went to Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, unless you found a church that didn't have Sunday night service, and then you were exempt. And so a lot of people, college students, try to find church with those Sunday night service. And that you shared, your, you shared the gospel. And you had to do it. Or else they would bring you in and talk to you about it. Why didn't you share your faith? And so I'm at the public library, and I'm like, oh, I think it was Saturday, Friday. I'm like, i got to get this in quick. I mean, it's almost time to fill up my paper. And there was this Indian woman who was looking for a ride. Now, this was many, 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 many years ago. Many, not many, 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 many. And so you could do this back then. And she needed a ride somewhere. And I said, ma'am, I'll give you a ride. Because I thought, yes, I'm going to go about 10 miles. I have her in a car. And we were learning. Anybody ever learned evangelism explosion? Yeah, so those two diagnostic questions. So we get in a car. And I said, so let me ask you a question. Have you come to a place in your spiritual life? Have you were to die tonight and you stand before God? And he would say, why will I let you in my heaven? What would you say to him? That's the first one. You know, and I went through the whole outline. And they tell you, <clears throat> they told us back then, if somebody accepts him so easy, then you have to say, make sure they understand. Maybe they didn't understand. I guess the assumption was it should be difficult. And so she's like, yep, 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 yep. And she said, I want Jesus. I'm like, man, I'm good. <laughs> this, is, this isn't that hard. I mean, I already gone about eight miles, and I led her to Christ. And uh, so then I said, well, let me, let, me, let me ask you, what do you think it means to, to know Jesus? And she says this. Well, I want Jesus to be one of the many gods that I worship. I'm like, oh, man, they didn't tell us that one. i got to go, go back and uh, do my homework here. But what she was like, yeah, I'm all in. I want to be all in to Jesus. Sounds like he's a great guy. Sounds like, man, he's an amazing person. He did all that for me. Yeah, I want him as one of my many, many ways that I'm going to get to God. And I never forgot that story because I think, you know, I'm just like her. You're just like her, if I can say that. Anytime we say Jesus plus anything equals nothing. And she was like, yep, Jesus plus this God and this God and this God equals, wow, I'm going to be right in God's sight. And it's not true. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. So here's my question for you. What is your anything? You guys are looking sharp. I might be the glasses, but you're looking really sharp this morning. I cleaned them off really good. What is your anything? Fill it in. I thought about asking to share out loud, but that might be a little too vulnerable. So I'm going to give you about a minute. It's going to be quiet if you're listening to podcasts. Um, just use this time. It's going to be about a minute to allow God's Spirit to speak to you and say, what is it for me? I told you what mine was. Mine was rules. Strict, strict, strict legalism. What is it for you? Go ahead and think about it. Ask God to speak to you. Jesus plus what?
Bible says that God is a jealous God. And here's what that means. That means you cannot be all in with Jesus and have room for anything else. You can't make the decision through this series to say, you know what, I'm all in. If you're going to hold on to rules as a measurement of spirituality. If you're going to hold on to experiences as the next step that you need in order to be fully complete. If you're going to hold on to self-denial as a way of, of giving this up so God is proud of me and God is pleased with me and now I'm standing in his, you know, in his sight and, and, and I'm, I'm now in his sight in good standing. You can't. You can't go on to next week and, and learn about what it means to live all in if you're willing to say Jesus plus something equals something good. You have to buy into Jesus plus anything equals nothing. So how do we keep from adding anything to Jesus? I just have three points. They're, they're not all inclusive. There's probably many more, but the three that, that I felt like God wanted me to share with you this morning. The first one is this. Don't mistake spiritual disciplines for godliness. The things that we listed out, I hope that you're in God's word. I hope that you're praying. I hope that you're helping us summer Richmond camp. You know, I hope that you're coming to church. I hope that you are giving to the Lord's work. I hope that, pick what spiritual discipline you want. I hope that is characteristic of who we are as individual believers and as a body. But it cannot be a sign of godliness. Because here's the thing. You don't have to truly be a believer to do all those things. Right? I mean, you cannot be a true believer and give. You cannot be a true believer and read the Bible. You cannot be a true believer and pray, right? I mean, I don't know if you thought of that, but, but you don't have to be a believer to do all those things. That's why God in the Old Testament says to the nation of Israel, you're, you're mistaken. These burnt offerings and sacrifices, that's not really what I desire. What I desire is, a bro- desire is a broken and contrite spirit, a broken and contrite heart. What I desire is your heart, not all the things that you are doing for me, because you can do all those in a very perfunctory way and have it have no depth or meaning. And so the first one is don't ever mistake the spiritual disciplines for godliness. The second one is this. Be defenders of the true gospel. Don't allow it. When you hear it, address it. Now, I'm not saying do anything weird. I'm just simply, Paul says, if any of you, I already said this first, if any of you preach the gospel other than the one we preached, let them be cursed by God. Because that's all there is. It's Jesus and what he's done. And I can accept that by faith and trust in him alone for my salvation. That's the gospel. Nothing I can do to get in good standing with God. He's done it all. And so when you hear or see or do anything other than that, address it. Be defenders of the true gospel. And then the third one is this. Live according to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. You'll have to come the next two weeks to be able to hear what Kevin and I have to say about it. But what do we know? Start reading it today. Start reading it this week and say, God, this is what I want my all-in life to be about. It's Colossians 3, verses 1 to 15. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this morning, for just... In, in, in studying this passage in the last few weeks, what you have taught me and 
the things that I've been reminded of, the things that I've forgotten, the things that you want me to be about as I embrace a life that's all in with you. I pray for each one of us here this morning, God, I don't know what the blank is for us, but somewhere along the line, we may have been tempted to say, Jesus plus this equals everything. And God, help us to be willing to embrace all that you've done for us. The forgiveness that you offer through your son, Jesus Christ. The, the legal code that he took and he nailed it to the cross. And, and we now live in that fullness, God. And we now can live in that victory. We now can be all in because we've been made alive by your son, Jesus Christ. And that we wouldn't settle for anything else but to say Jesus plus anything equals nothing.